Hey, you guys, we got to tell you about Brez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. I like the iCast Fireball mixed flavor, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like dark roast like I do, then try the Critical Dark or the Coo Slayer Mocha Roast. Can't decide what you need for those all-night gaming sessions? Why don't you try one of their specialty sample packs? All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to BrezCoffeeCo.com. That's B-R-E-Z-C-O-F-F-E-E-C-O.com and enter the code NCR at checkout for 10% off your order. Amazing! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is and you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. My name is Derek Diamond. And we have a very special guest this evening for our Community Spotlight special that we do every single month. He's been with us for, holy crap, a long, long time. He's part of our community over on Discord. His name is the Mixmaster. Woo! Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. This is like a dream come true. So, t- uh, you, you, uh, how did you get your name, the Mix Master? I know, I know that you send us a lot of uh, uh, mixes that you do, uh, sort of beatboxing type stuff. But you know, how did that come about? Yeah, since I was probably like middle school range, I started realizing I could, you know, kind of beatbox with my mouth a little bit. And uh, yeah, people that started calling me Mister Mix, Mix. <laughs> Mixed it up, and then one day I thought of Mixmaster. I'm like, I like Mixmaster. It's a good name. I'm yeah. going to keep that. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good name to have on the internet, Mixmaster. It's very easy. Yeah, I, you know, if you guys need me to, I want me to mix something. Just let me know. All right. So you hang out on our Discord all the time, throw up a lot of memes and stuff like that. So tell people why, why they should join our Discord. It's a place to. You know, hang out and talk. There's different groups you can have in there. You talk about anything, you know, games, everyday life, movies, music. I mean, everybody's cool. Everybody's nice, friendly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come and join the Discord. It's awesome. Yeah, go. Uh, if you're interested in joining our Discord, the uh, the link is always up there on our Twitter account uh, at the very top in the link there, the Discord link. Just click on that, and that will take you directly to our Discord. Um, and like we do every week, we'll go a little round-robin style, and we'll start off with our guest. What have you, uh, how's your week been? What you been playing? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, been playing a lot of Fortnite with my son. We've been playing that a lot. Um, I actually just started playing uh, PS4 games within the last couple of years. I'm just getting through the backlog. I'm playing Need for Speed right now, the original, or the first one for a PS4. I'm going to get into God of War soon, playing Grand Theft Auto 3 on PS4. That's, like, such a classic. Man, I've really yeah. been wanting to play that new God of War game that came out, what, last, was it last year, or year before that it came out? Yeah, I think a couple of years ago. Yeah. I actually had started it, like, a while back, and then some stuff happened, and, you know, and then, uh, yeah, just getting back into gaming. So uh, Jeff Gignac asked in the chat room, did we do anything for uh, Star Wars yesterday? Did you do anything for, uh, for special for Star Wars Day yesterday? No, sadly, sadly did not. 
Uh, didn't watch any of the Star Wars movies. I'm all done with Mandalorian, and I'm waiting for uh, Kenobi. So, oh, you gotta watch. <laughs> uh, you gotta watch the Bad Batch. Did you get a chance to watch it, Derek? I did not. Uh, no, I, I meant to watch it last night, but I, I'm gonna watch it no later than this weekend. I've heard nothing so but good, good things about it. Man, I, it's it's about the length of a movie. The first episode, it's like really, a, it's like an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes long. So. It's pretty, uh, it's it's pretty beefy. So, uh, yeah, any chance you get to to as soon as you get to watch it, go watch it because it it's I'm totally on board with it after this first episode. Yeah, I have to go check it out. I will tell this funny Star Wars story though. So when I got home from work yesterday, you know they were playing all the movies on TBS, and The Empire Strikes Back was on, and it was the the part of the movie when uh, Luke leaves Dagobah to go save Han and Leia at Cloud City. So we're sitting there watching it, and it gets to the, right before the, the big revelation, if you will. And I noticed that my dog is sitting there and just is like mesmerized <laughs> about what's going on on TV. And I'm like, she's a Star Wars fan. I've done it. <laughs> I've succeeded in something in life. Dude, have you seen, I think it started out as a TikTok video of a guy who, um, he was watching A New Hope. And um, his dog was watching it with him, and he had the camera on the dog. And as soon as Darth Vader, you know, steps into the hallway for the very first time, the dog started growling and ran behind the couch. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how was your week, Derek? I know you've been playing the, the Turnip Boy game, but any, anything else cross your radar this week? I've been bouncing forth, back and forth between that, um, still Crash Bandicoot 4 a little bit, Retromania Wrestling a little bit. It's weird because usually I focus on just one specific thing, but I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between those, those three games. So it's, and what I like about it is that all three are different, so it gives me a little bit of a variety and stuff to play, so... Other than that, uh, we're as we're recording this, we're less than a week away from. Well, baseball season has technically started, but our first home game won't be until Tuesday. So, this is my uh, my last week of freedom, if you will. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just getting uh, getting ready for that. And uh, other than that, just been been hanging out here, playing some video games, spending time with the fiance. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, that being said, um, Derek won't be able to do the show next week. So what we're gonna do is uh we're we're not gonna have a regular show next week. We're gonna have a very, very special episode we're gonna drop for you guys, and I think you're gonna be pleasantly surprised when it drops. And that's that's the only hint that we will give is mm -hmm. that it's not a traditional episode. Yes. Looking that's forward to it. Say. So <laughs> my day, uh I haven't really actually I've been playing um I don't remember the name of it but I'm going to review it for my next review. It's on the the Super Nintendo uh um Switch store. Um it's the one of the new ones that dropped. It's like the Caveman guy. I don't remember the oh, name of it. Oh, Prehistoric Boy? Yeah, Prehistoric Boy. I've been yeah, playing that yeah, yeah. for the last couple of days and it's really good. I've dabbled into it a little bit and I I haven't gone as much into it as you have but i like what i've played of it so far yeah it's really good and today i had to go i uh, had a dentist appointment after work today and to get my new um my new crown put in because mine cracked a few weeks ago um no i'm not telling you what next week's episode is about rampage you can't <laughs> fool me that easily but i had to, go get, to wait yeah i had to go get a new tooth today my uh, my crown came in, and I've had a plastic one for the last few weeks, so it's been like super sensitive to like heat and cold and everything. So I'm at the dentist office today, and they get it all put in and everything. And you know the the ladies like in my mouth with the little buffer, so she could just buff it and shine it up. And you know she's got her finger in my mouth, and she's got the little thing going. It's got the little brush at the end of it. It's like, Aah. and then I think it it like caught the end of her rubber glove and then the rubber glove snapped and hit me all the way in the back of the throat <laughs> so now i have a sore throat and it sucks <laughs> i would have lost my mind go to the dentist <laughs> go to the, to the dentist and get a sore throat that's yeah that's uh 
Yeah, at least I got my new tooth in. See? <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's, nice. it's kind of impressive, though, in a way, if you get a sore throat from going to the dentist. I know. That thing hurt, man. Like, I actually, when she did it, I thought she, like, like dropped the drill at first. Like, it felt like something hit me in the back, and I was like, what the hell was that? Then I realized she, like, must have caught her glove or something, and it snapped on me. Like, that sucked. Thanks. That's what you come to the dentist for. <laughs> get injured. <laughs> uh there's just something about the dentist. Like I've yeah. just never even, I've never been a fan. Yeah. It's no fun. Most, most doctors are like for different, you know, t- like eye doctors never really bothered me. General doctors never bothered me. Never been a dentist fan. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think anybody's a dentist fan. I think that's why dentists are like, uh, dentistry has the highest uh, rate of suicides of any profession because <laughs> It's the only job in the world where no one likes you. <laughs> the only dentist I liked was Isaac Yankum in the 90s yeah. wrestling that, that went on to be Kane. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. He started off as a, as a dentist. I just found that out like a month ago watching documentaries and stuff. Hmm. I'm like, he started off as a dentist? <laughs> Isaac like, Yankum DDS. Oh, yeah. man. So uh, we got a lot of news to get to this week. Would you, would you guys like to jump into the news? Let's do it. Uh, this got sent in by, by our listener, Axe Blade 07. Uh, a golden Wii made for Queen Elizabeth II is now for sale. This is on Kotaku.com. Uh, back in 2009, I was part of a publicity stunt. Uh, publisher THQ commissioned the creation of a golden Nintendo Wii and had it delivered to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, the Queen likely never received the console, um, but it did eventually find its way into the hands of collector Donnie Fillerup. What kind of name is that? One of the guys behind the website, ConsoleVariations.com. Uh, Donnie, who is now moving on with life and looking to buy a new place, is putting parts of his collection up for sale, and the headline item is, of course, this notorious 24-karat gold-plated Wii, which he has listed on eBay for $300,000. What do you guys think? You want to plop down almost a half a million dollars for a, a golden Wii? Mm. If we each put in 100000 Yeah, we could do that. Could, yeah. Yeah. I get it's it like, uh, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Derek gets it Tuesdays, Thursdays. <laughs> and Mixmaster Master gets it Saturday, Sunday. It works out. Yeah. What are these people doing to be able to just throw down that kind of money for this stuff? Who knows, man? I got in the wrong profession. No kidding. Yeah, yeah it's insane. I want to say I heard about this back when this first came about, because I remember hearing a story about... A a gold Wii. But can you imagine having this in your collection, like a legit solid gold Wii? Yeah, I think if you have a solid gold Wii in your collection that you paid $300,000 for, um, I don't think you're worried about money at that point. You know what I would do if I had a golden Wii? I would take it out with me on my yacht on the yeah. weekends. Yeah, sure. We can we can afford it here. Uh, we'll just <laughs> if you guys kick in a few more dollars a month on the Patreon, we, we can afford it. <laughs> Might need a little bit more than what we currently got. Yeah, that'll be our our stretch goal for next month. Three hundred. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if, if we hit three hundred thousand, I will drive to this person's house. Yeah, and I will by the way, and I will document the whole trip. Uh, let's see, our next story comes to us from I Am The Rampage, or as we like to call them on the show, Rampage. Rampage. From GamesRadar.com, Lost Dreamcast game Castlevania Resurrection has been restored and released online. Infamous canceled Dreamcast title Castlevania Resurrection has been brought back to life and released online after being thought lost to the ravages of time. Uh, the game was canceled over 20 years ago and never released to the public. At this point, most people would just accept that the game isn't coming out and move on, but not Combi Laurent, a Dreamcast preservationist who specializes in saving old games. Laurent has actually managed to salvage a pre-E3 demo version of the game, 
and has now released the files to the public to play. You simply need to download the files and either load them up on a Dreamcast emulator or burn them onto a CD and run it on your Dreamcast if you still have one. So, Jason, I know you're you're the the Castlevania connoisseur of the show. What what do you think of this? I think it's pretty cool, and and Joey Image being our resident Dreamcast guy, you know, when, uh, I plan on going and visiting him uh, at some point this year, and I think when I go up there, I'm going to talk him into downloading this so we can play it. I would love to play it. I love Castlevania games. Yeah, I'm I'm a Castlevania junkie. I will play anything <laughs> Castlevania. Yeah, I've always said my favorite game series have been Resident Evil and Castlevania. Yep. Those two series I've always gone back to. There's something about Castlevania. You know, it's always been intriguing. Yeah. I love Castlevania. I'm, I just wish Konami would get off their ass and make a new Castlevania game. We need it. We need it in our lives. I think the audience would be there for it. I don't know why they don't do it. Yeah, we're all here. We're all waiting. We're just waiting on Konami. I mean, hey, I'm not the- as big. Oh, go ahead, Mixmaster. What were the last ones? Lords of Shadow? Were those the last ones released, I think? Lords of Shadow 1 and 2 for PS3? Uh, no. They, they released one. Castle. Let me look this up. I mean, I'm not even a big Castlevania fan, but I would play this if it were released. Or a new Castlevania game just in general. Yeah. All Castlevania games ever released 1986 to 2021. Let's see. Um, The last one they put out, uh, let's see, Grimoire of Souls in 2019. Uh, That was a mobile game. Uh, The Anniversary Mm. Collection was 2019. Requiem in 2018. Uh, For the PS4, Castlevania, that was the last one that was released was... uh, uh, Castlevania Requiem, and then Lords of Shadow Two in 2014. Yeah, I do have the Castlevania collection. Very, very good. It's definitely so worth, worth it. it. Yeah, so worth it. I'd also like to point out in this article, there's also a video that uh, shows the game being played on a Dreamcast. See, Rampage is going after me for not having a Windows machine, but here's the thing: I'm waiting on the Xbox. The new Xbox is to be available, and I'm going to buy a new Xbox. And that will be my Windows machine. I'm not uh, Metal gonna... Randy says Konami listens to this podcast and does it out of spite for you. Of course. Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what's going on. <laughs> He's got uh, his ear to the ground, if you will. Yeah. Uh, this is from, who sent us this one? All the, <laughs> you guys were killing us. This week with the uh, the the news story, so I love it. Keep it coming, uh, but I actually had to cut a few news stories this week because there were so many. But we love it, so keep keep sending in those news stories. Um, this is and I forgot to look who this came from. This is from uh, Armas Jackson. Jackson sent this one in. This is from RetroDodo.com. Evercade VS is a new cartridge-based retro console coming this year um, by Blaze Entertainment, who previously created the original handheld Evercade. Uh, You may have seen the handheld floating around YouTube and Instagram. Uh, The handheld brought back the cartridge culture that we know and love. Um, Let's see, the Evercade team are now launching a home-based game system that has external controller support offering local multiplayer for up to four players. Uh, Simply connects to your TV's HDMI port and outputs at 1080, uh, 1080p. The Evercade VS also has not one but two cartridge slots allowing you to switch between games effortlessly in a single session. Uh, It fully supports existing Evercade cartridges. Um, Let's see, there's going to be over 280 games to choose from by the end of 2021. And with the included controllers, the two-player to four-player games are going to be an absolute blast to play. Um, I think what you have to do is um, you actually have to load your ROMs onto the, the, the cartridges for the Evercade because it's an emulator. It's an emulation machine. So I think it would be an actual cool, kind of cool thing to have. No, I agree. And and I know we've talked about several of these types of systems on the show. And and this one's a little bit different because it is like a straight up emulator. But to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really complain about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of games are going up in price. It's almost like 
you kind of want to go the emulation way. But I always like playing like traditional style, you know, like cartridges. It's hard for me to emulate stuff, but yeah. stuff is good in price. Well, these controllers look pretty nice too. They have sort of a sort of a cross between the original uh, ah. Nintendo and the Super Nintendo controllers, like a, a mash of the two. Well, to me, the the look of the system is really cool. I got, I love the simple and clean look that this console has. It looks like it's based off the the original Famicom to me. Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, it will start from let's see, ninety nine ninety nine. Pre orders open on the twenty eighth, and it will release in November, uh, just in time for Christmas. So, if you're interested in getting an Evercade, now is the time to go put in your pre order. Yes. Let's see. Our next story also comes to us from Armas Jackson. I, I feel like we're almost like Oprah. You get a news story. Yeah. <laughs> you get a news story. Everybody gets a news story. Uh, this is from GameTyrant.com. Uh, more Castlevania news, actually. Castlevania Anniversary Collection is getting a physical release thanks to Limited Run Games. We've talked about Limited Run a few times on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, the Castlevania Anniversary Collection has a new physical version in the works thanks to Limited Run Games. The compilation of classic titles brought a number of old-school hits to modern consoles, including a game that had never been released in North America before. The release also included a digital history book about the franchise for fans to enjoy. With the limited-run game's release of the collection, all the content included with the game will be available in a physical format for the Nintendo Switch and PS4 and will include Castlevania 1, 2, and 3, Super Castlevania 4, Castlevania The Adventure, Belmont's Revenge, Castlevania Bloodlines, Kid Dracula, and History of Castlevania Book of the Crescent Moon. It will be available to pre-order through Limited Run Games later this year. I may go ahead and pull the trigger on this because I love the Castlevania collection as it is, but to have an actual physical copy? Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, I might have to get it. Yeah, I think I will too. That's, that's, I'm not sure what... that's almost an absolute must-have purchase, I think. I mean, with all those games included, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And I, I've dabbled more into the, the digital purchasing of games. I couldn't tell you the last time I bought a physical copy, but mm -hmm. I, I think something like this is worth getting a physical copy for. Oh, yeah. And Limited Run Games knows that, too. Like, they, they're not just going to print stuff nobody wants. Like, everything they do is stuff that people want, so... This is a no-brainer to do the Castlevania Collection physical release. Like that's, I can't believe that Konami didn't do that to begin with, especially on the Switch. Like to have that actual, you know, physical cartridge for it. No, it's smart. But uh, very this, smart decision. This last news story comes from Rampage. Uh, from TheVerge.com, Walmart's unannounced cloud gaming service detailed in confidential Epic emails. Um, Walmart's unannounced cloud gaming service, codenamed Project Storm, has been de detailed in new confidential emails. <coughs> Excuse me. An exhibit in the Epic Games vs. Apple trial reveals Walmart's efforts to pitch its cloud gaming service to Epic Games to get Fortnite on board. Um, they talk about how they, uh, they used... Uh, the demo on the Android phone with an Xbox controller and experience felt like playing on PS4 and superior to playing on Android or iOS, uh, said the Epic Games co-founder Mark Ryan. Um, a presentation attached to the email shows how Walmart had been pitching it uh, to publishers like Epic Games. The company was planning to run the service on Windows with third-party game launchers like Steam, Uplay, Origin, Epic Games, Store, Battle.net, and Bethesda launcher supported. Um, it, has no, it was not clear when they planned to launch the service, with a beta period originally set to launch in July of 2019. Um, I think this was, this is a pretty long article, but I believe that they stopped doing this for the, um, especially when, um, when COVID hit, but I think that would have been the absolute perfect time to do it, actually. I'm a little surprised because you wouldn't think Walmart would be a name that would be associated with something like this. Yeah. That's like Walmart? Hmm, okay. <laughs> 
I mean, but I mean, it, KFC it, made their own console too. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could see something like, um, you know, of course, like, you know, uh, Google or uh, Amazon. May, it would seem like this would be the sort of thing that they do. Like everybody's trying to get into the cloud gaming service, but Walmart is kind of a weird entity to want to step in that market. Yeah. It, it seems like a lot of businesses are trying new things. Like I mentioned the KFC releasing their own console and Walmart getting involved with this. So who knows what will happen next? I mean, after this happens, maybe Target will yeah, step it, up. It would have made more sense for GameStop to do something like this. You would think. I don't you know. I don't know if I would trust a, a Walmart <laughs> cloud gaming service, honestly. No, honestly, probably not. Yeah, it just seems kind of strange. I, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know. And plus it says here a little bit uh, deeper into the article, it's not clear if Walmart's cloud gaming service will still launch. And it says here that uh, they didn't respond in time for publication. So yeah. who knows? It's like like old David Letterman skit. Is it something or nothing? Yeah, I mean it's interesting because you know it, the only the only reason this is interesting is because it's Walmart. Because like I said, everybody else has tried jumping into the the cloud gaming service. It's just a weird, I don't know. Just Walmart being in this is just a weird thing. At least to me, it is. Yeah, it's very just kind of random. But uh, now it is time for us to move into this month in video game history. In May of 1985, Capcom releases Commando in Japan. Commando is a vertically scrolling on-foot shooter which inspires many games with similar themes and gameplay. I loved Commando. Um... I, the NES version wasn't that great, but uh, the the arcade version, real nice. Yeah, it's a fun, <laughs> it's a fun game. Yeah. I have it for an. I don't know if I played the arcade version though. Hmm. I don't think so, but I I play the Nintendo version a lot. Yeah, it was okay, but it it wasn't anything near what the arcade version was like. From what little I've seen of it, it looks like a game that would be much more suited for the arcade than it yeah. would be for really any type of home console. I think the best kind of game that was that sort of genre um, was, of course, uh, oh, crap, what's the, the Western <laughs> that I reviewed. Uh, Gunsmoke? Damn. Gunsmoke. Yeah, Gunsmoke was, like, probably oh, the, the best version of that type of game on the NES. I love Gunsmoke on the Nintendo. One of my favorites. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. On May 9th of 1986, Infocom releases the highly regarded Trinity. I remember us talking about this before. It was an interactive fiction video game written by Brian Moriarty and published in 86, and it was regarded as one of the company's best works. The cover's kind of cool. It reminds me of like a like a Dan Brown novel. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't look 80s though. It looks way more modern. Yeah, it <clears throat> it really does. It blends historical and fantastic elements as part of a prose poem regarding the destructive power of the atomic bomb and the futile nature of war in the atomic age. That's kind of heavy. Yeah. A little bit. It was released <laughs> for Amiga, Apple II, Atari ST, Commodore 128, MS-DOS, and the Macintosh. I would still love to find a working Amiga. Those that would be really so cool. cool. One oh, of these days... Yeah. Rampage uh, Sunset Riders. He was talking about Sunset Riders in the chat room. That was a good game, too. Yeah, I remember Sunset Riders. Isn't, yeah, that, never did. isn't that on the Switch? Uh, the, the Super Nintendo? For the Switch? I, I think it I is. I don't know. Let me look that up real quick. Hmm. I may have to play that because I'm in the mood for like a Western type of game. <laughs> uh, on May Let's... 12th of 1989, Konami releases TMNT for the NES in Japan. Um, one of the first video games based on the uh, animated series being released after the show's second season. 
I still say that game gets a lot more hate than it deserves. That is a good game, and people just need to leave it alone. Yeah, it's a it's a fun game. Did you ever beat that, by the way? When you, I remember you playing it on. No, Twitch. I still have not beat. I got to the Technodrome, and got my ass handed to me. <laughs> <laughs> but you I did make so- it past the room. Yes, I got. I can make it past the room at this point. That that stupid room. I hate it. I, have I still remember about it. <laughs> I still remember when I was on the the chat with you. And I led you into the wrong room, and you died in like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I have that uh, game pretty memorized and mapped out at this point. I know exactly where to go. So I don't have that problem anymore, but I definitely, like, that room is just, once you get past that room, if I can just get past that room without, like, three of my turtles dying, I'll be okay. I can finish out the game at that point. I think this game gets unfairly criticized because the arcade game is held in such high regard that like almost any other Turtles game is going to be compared to it, which I don't think is fair. But I'll be honest, I really don't think the, the arcade game, TMNT 2, I don't think it holds up as well as the first one, honestly. Yeah, the second one's good, too. Yeah. I think Manhattan Project is actually better than the arcade game, uh, the TMNT 2. For the NES. I mean, I like it because there's extra levels in it that they added um, that weren't in the arcade version. But if it boils down to it, I would rather play Manhattan Project or the first one for the Nintendo. Hot take here on the Nerd Cave Retro Show. Keep your emails to yourself, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) To answer your earlier question, Sunset Riders, according to Wikipedia, is part of the uh, Nintendo Switch. Yes, I thought it was. It's part of the arcade archives. Mm -hmm. So check it out on there. Uh, May 11th of 1995, Sega releases the Sega Saturn console in North America. I never owned a Sega Saturn, and I don't believe I ever knew anyone who did. I didn't either. Yeah, me neither. Never played a Never played it. It's one of the few systems I've never never played a game on it. Wasn't it only out for like six months before they dropped the the um well what what came after it? The um Well there was the Saturn, then there was I know there was the thirty two X edition to the Genesis. But I didn't think the Dreamcast came out until like ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, I knew some they were something there was really close together. So it might have been the thirty two X and uh, the Saturn both dropped really close to one another. And I, I like the Dreamcast, but I feel like with Sega, everyone's memory just goes to the Genesis. Yeah. yeah. They don't think of the Saturn, they don't think of the 32X, or really the Dreamcast. Is everyone, like with Nintendo, people talk about the Switch and N64 and whatnot, but it seems like Sega fans, or casual Sega fans, <laughs> yes, Master yeah. Shirt, I love the shirt, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people that know of Sega just automatically like, oh yeah, I remember the Genesis when I was a kid. That's because Genesis did what Nintendo don't. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. On May of 1999, Nintendo has started working on what will eventually be the GameCube under the code name Project Dolphin. I even remember back then thinking, mm-hmm. what the hell kind of name is that? <laughs> yeah. They should have kept so, the name. It would have probably done a lot well, better. So in <laughs> so in the Pikmin game that came out at launch for GameCube, Captain Olimar's ship is named the Dolphin. Really, in reference to Project Dolphin. I think we talked about that when you reviewed that show, that that game. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought that was a cool little throwback. Because if you think about it, every time Nintendo names something like the GameCube is a great name, you can't deny that the GameCube. No, it like, is. That's an awesome name for a uh, console. It didn't do well, but every time Nintendo names something a stupid name, it goes through the roof. The Wii sells like 700 million units. The Switch, like the dumbest names ever, and those go through the roof. Should have named it Project Dolphin. You do have the exception with the Wii U. Yeah. Because that was a dumb name, and no one bought that console. Well, people finally realized that the Wii is a stupid name. (laughs) (laughs) And to close us out for this month in video game history, on May 22nd, 2000, 
Rare releases Perfect Dark for the N64, which I will still say is one of the most underrated games for that console. Oh, yeah. Perfect Dark, man. One of my favorite games ever. The spiritual successor to Goldeneye. Yep. That should be something. Rare and Nintendo need to kiss and make up so we can start getting some uh, new versions of those great games. If that ever happens, I will openly weep on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be so happy. Rare was so good on the, you know, when they were with Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Four games were all were so good. You want to talk about what would make for a good video game based movie? Perfect Dark, I think, would make a really cool movie if done right. Yeah, see who could play Joanna, play Joanna Dark. Hmm. Charlie's um, Throne. I mean, it wouldn't be a terrible choice. Yeah, it could work. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I'd be, I'd be okay with it. So before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has shout-outs. Yes, as always, we'd like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out Armes Jackson, Xblade07, Daniel Salmon, our guest tonight, John Jekyll, a.k.a. The Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Justin Olson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, Gus and Penny, and Jason May. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions to this podcast. Thanks for keeping the lights on for us. And because you have kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks just like BrainScan our most recent commentary track. And as a movie that I had never seen before, before doing that commentary track, it to me is up there with the most fun commentary tracks that we've done. So yeah, if you want, if you want the chance to have early access to those uh, and even vote on what we do commentary tracks for and vote for other things too, uh, involved with the show, you head over to patreon.com slash nerd retro. It's back to the eighties. Like never before. Things aren't all rainbows and shortcakes at the corner of Elm and E Streets. Molly Slater just wants to forget everything she can't remember and play heavy metal with her best friend in the garage. And maybe get a date for prom, if he's not a total skis. But someone in this burb has been killing redheads, and Molly has the reddest hair of them all. When a night of babysitting gone wrong gets her in the crosshairs of the local gang scene, fabulous secrets are revealed to her. The hunted becomes the hunter as she prowls the darkness that has crept into her sleepy town. But a far more sinister force, something from another world, has other plans in store for her. Jukebox Hero by Jason Stewart will be available on Kindle and paperback wherever books are sold on April 30th. And tonight Derek is talking about... We won't pay our taxes, we've got rent and we've got bills. There's layers to the onion and his bureaucratic thrills. All you flora, all you fauna, let us venture through the land. Take down their onion and all its eating plans. We won't pay our taxes, we've got rent and we've got bills. There's layers to I the really onion. like that song. <laughs> That's, I haven't played the game, but this is the end song to the game. Um, it's all about, you know, not paying your taxes. And I'm like, it's kind of got a Jonathan Colton vibe to it. So correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this is the quickest turnaround on first mentioning a game to a review that we've ever had on this show. We literally just talked about it last week. Well, and we were talking about it and just watching the gameplay of it and seeing pictures of it. I was like, this looks like a really fun game. I think I'm going to try it. So I downloaded it and I couldn't put it down. So I was like, hey, this this will be this will be my review. Of course, I'm talking about and I love the title for this game. Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. And it is exactly what you think it is about. You play as a character named Turnip Boy. You were kicked out of your greenhouse because you didn't pay your taxes because that jerk, Mayor Onion, raised property taxes and kicked you out. That and you have to do <laughs> and you have to do tasks for him in order to get your greenhouse back. That involves 
fighting giant pigs and collecting bags of fertilizer, going into funny locations, and interacting with other fruits and veggies throughout the game. So I just went through the story. I mean, it's, it's very straightforward. You just dive right in. You get kicked out of your greenhouse uh, by Mayor Onion, and that's what you have to do in order to get your, your house back. So and, what is the gameplay like? Like, what is it you exactly you have to do? Like, what, what, what would you compare it to? So when we talked about the game last week, the look of it reminded me a little bit of Link to the Past mm-hmm. in a way. Because of that top-down view, the art kind of looked a little similar to it, but not exactly the same. In playing it, it reminds me a little bit more look-wise of Minish Cap as opposed to Link to the Past, where it has a little bit more of a an animated type of feel. And it's, I don't want to say it has that like poorly drawn animation style because it's not extremely detailed. Mm-hmm. And it has a little bit of like an 8-bit, 16-bit hybrid feel. I guess you'd call it 12-bit. Yeah. At least that's what I would call it. Where like the colors are very bright and vibrant, but everything is kind of blocky almost like the NES. But I think it's the two styles mixed together very well. And I was a little surprised by that because I I went into this game not really knowing what to expect because I've never really just dove into a game that we've talked about on the show in the past. And what you do from the beginning is, you know, obviously you need a weapon so you go into what's called the weapons woods and you have to grow a sword as you, you do <laughs> yeah as, as 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 you do in the turn up boy universe and you you grow a sword and you pick it and that is your weapon for the game awesome you you get other things as well like you're able to water um these flowers that essentially bloom into bombs and you can uh you ha- you can only kick them in one singular direction but usually if there's a, say like you go into a certain area and there's a puzzle that involves you having to blow things up, there's usually a path like you kick one bomb in one direction, it explodes some, it causes an explosion that'll uncover another bomb. And then you kick it in another direction and you repeat the process until you eventually get, um, get to your objective. But I love the environment of this game. As I mentioned, it's very bright, it's very vibrant. The characters are really funny uh, because you you play as a turnip, but you interact with other fruits and vegetables as well. Like you interact with talking grapes, carrots, peppers. Um, there's even cats, which I find to be a little strange. <laughs> My favorite reference, though, and this legitimately made me laugh out loud. There's this group of grapes. They're on a field trip. Their teacher's a watermelon, and one of the the ki- the grape kids has lost their phone and they're disappointed because, and I kid you not, they can't play flip flop videos in reference to TikTok. (laughs) That I, the first time I read that piece of dialogue, it's like, it legitimately made me laugh out loud. I'm like, that's, that's clever. That's really clever. And there, there are other like little side, side missions you can do that are relatively quick. So, one of the funny things in a lot of people who commit tax evasion when they get important documents, they throw them away, or in some case, they might put them in a shredder, or rip them up, you know, just make them essentially non-existent. Every important document you find in this game, you have to rip up. Awesome. It's funny because, so say, for example, like there, there's a character who's in love with a female strawberry who's like in that same area of the map, but he's like, hey, can you, can, can you give this note to the strawberry for me? So you walk over, you give her the note, and she's like, oh, turnip boy, that's so sweet, but I'm sorry, I don't feel the same way about you. And you just rip up the note. <laughs> <laughs> and you go back to the little character. It's like, so, so how'd it go? And you're like, oh, I ripped the note up. He's like, what's that, man? What was that for? And literally, like, every important document, whether it's a receipt, in that case, a love letter, whatever the case may be, you rip it up. 
Hmm. And to me, it's, it's Turnip Boy is very much a troll, which I, I find to be kind of funny. And the, what's funny is Turnip Boy does not speak whatsoever. It's almost like Link in a way where you interact with characters. Yeah. But, but they interact with him as if he is speaking, even though he doesn't say anything. Because every time, w- when you interact with a character, you have uh, the two characters come up on screen and they have little words of dialogue that'll say like, oh, um, strawberry will say something and then it'll cut to turnip boy and he'll either react with dot 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 or, or question marks or exclamation points but then the other characters will react as if he's actually speaking so it, that, that whole dynamic is pretty interesting but, but the game itself is actually really fun it's very simple to, to dive into you just simply you know you attack um, you can swap between different items. Uh, you get a watering can at the very beginning of the game. It's actually really important because, as I mentioned with the bombs, you have to water them in order to use them. You have to water certain things to you know, move further on um, in the game. And then you have that, your sword. You get other um, objects as well that aren't necessarily equipable, but that you can use. Like you get a pair of boots that allows you to kick the, uh, the bombs that you water. But the the characters are, are really funny. Like the first boss you fight is inside a giant barn. It's a pig who has eaten a whole bag of fertilizer. I actually see that playing. Like I've I've got the Steam page up right now uh, in my browser, and it's just sort of playing the the videos on loop. And the the showed him fighting this giant pig <laughs> and the thing, and I'm. And the thing is, I'm I'm looking at these uh, these screenshots and these videos, and I see what you mean. How it looks sort of somewhere in between eight bit and sixteen bit. Like it's not quite a sixteen bit game, and not it's better than eight bit, but it, it it's got that like I don't know. There's something about the the art style and the way it looks that just kind of draws me in. Yeah, it's. It has that like almost a natural charm to it in a way. Like even just by the look of it, it, it kind of makes you think, "I want to play this." Yeah, or I at least want to watch it. Um, Mixmaster, have you dabbled a little bit into 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 this game? Um, I did watch a little gameplay today of it. I sadly don't have a Switch. Like I'm, I've been really thinking about getting one. It seems like there's so many games. Like, um, I still want to see, but. I th- you can get uh, yeah. it. Um, it's for the Switch. Well, it's on Steam too. So yes, if you have Steam, you can get it on Steam. But yeah, I watched some gameplay. But it looks pretty fun. I like how it looked like similarities to Link to the Past and Minish Cap. Like you go into the Weapon Woods and maybe think of the Lost Woods. Like the mm-hmm. desi- the design of like the trees even look like Link to the Past. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then you get the Soil Sword, and then it looks like you get like the Master Sword kind of thing. And it says, uh, it's dangerous to grow alone. Take this. Yeah, that. <laughs> you got to love the play on words with that. Yeah. Yeah, I was cracking up. And most games usually don't make me laugh out loud like this. But that, the, the TikTok reference and just other general dialogue and actions that happen. Just the fact that, you know, Turnip Boy is such an adorable character, but he's such a jerk. Hmm. Is just so funny because he will not be held down by the man. But uh, yeah, this is this is overwhelmingly positive on all the reviews on uh, Steam. Uh, is it a, like not too expensive? As on Steam, it is fourteen ninety nine right now. Well, that's not bad. Mm-mm. It's worth that. Yeah. I would definitely say I, I got it. I want to say it was on sale from like twelve, on the Switch. So like it, it's a very minor sale, but you know, it recently just came out. It came out April twenty second of this year. So it's very very new, and it was published. And I love these two company names. It was published by Graffiti Games, and the developer was a company named Snoozy Kazoo. <laughs> It just seeing their logos pop up on screen, you know this is going to be a fun game. And I haven't beaten it yet because I'm still, I won't say early on because I've been playing it quite a bit, but I haven't beaten it yet. But I've had so much fun in the couple of, you know, like the week that I've had 
uh, of playing it, and I'm going to keep playing it. I want to see how the game ends. I haven't watched any real gameplay of it because I'm I'm enjoying discovering it as I keep playing it. So I, I would absolutely recommend it. It's got everything to me that a game should have. It's got a fun story. It looks great. It's fun. It's funny. It, it's it's it hits so many beats is what I'm trying to say. So I, I very highly recommend this game. It's on sale right now on the, uh, the switch store tw- uh, for 11 99. So, okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought it was around 12. So definitely take advantage of it while you can. Cause I, I, I love everything about this game that I've played so far. And I know it's, it's not a full start to finish review, but, Honestly, on a scale of one to ten, I'd give it a solid, I'd say eight and a half, from awesome. what I've played so far. It's, it's so much fun. I, I can't. I'm gonna keep repeating myself by saying the same things over and over, but it, it's it's really fun, and I can't recommend it enough. It looks fun, and then uh, look, just looking at the the gameplay of the you know these videos on loop, and then that song. Like, as soon as I heard that song, I was just like, I fell in love with it. I was like, I have to play this game. The music in general is very catchy. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure who who wrote the music for it, but everything from, and and I know what song you're talking about, but all the other songs that you play in the background of the game as you go along just helps add to that fun atmosphere of it. I'm going to look up and see if, uh, it has a press kit here. I want to see. Uh, I don't think it has who uh, who the, uh, the music person was here. Do all details? No, it doesn't say. Uh, oh, yeah, it says uh, music by James Courier and Ryan Bourbon. Okay. Never heard of them before. Very cool. Yeah, I, I haven't either. Dug but it. Still, yeah. But yeah, I, as if you haven't checked out Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion, Definitely do it. If you want to spend a few hours just having pure fun with a game, this is one to do it because it's very easy to pick up and learn how to do. It's not overly complicated. Sounds so I, like I a, definitely recommend it. Sounds like a, a rave review for it. I might have to pull the trigger on this because I got about 15 bucks uh, in my Switch account just burning a hole in my pocket. So I think you'd like it a lot. Awesome. Yeah. I may do that. If I ever get a switch, I'm gonna definitely check it out. I'll keep it in mind. You need to you do should. that. You need to get yes. one now. <laughs> yeah, I do. But uh that's gonna bring us to the end of the show. Mixmaster, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Man, thanks for having me. Tell uh, everybody uh where they can find you on the interwebs. Um really just uh Discord right now. I don't have a Facebook or Twitter. I need to get both of those back. Uh, you do have a Twitter. It's at Mixmaster11, but you you haven't really posted there for a while. <laughs> yeah, I've, I guess it's might still be showing up. I need to get back on that. Yeah, I kind of went away from social media for a while. I'm just starting to come back a little bit. Don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Twitter's worth it just for Jason and Wally's bickering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Derek. What uh, what you got coming up? We got we got some stuff uh, coming up at the end of the month. Yeah, so um, I guess we'll we'll start with uh, Pensacon. So we do have Pensacon coming up uh, the weekend of May twenty first through the twenty third. I know you're going to be doing uh, quite a few panels, mm-hmm. but um, the the two that you and I will be involved with, of course, Saturday, May twenty second. Uh, 10 a.m. at the Voices of Pensacola Building, which for those who live in the area. It's um it's downtown. It's uh, right across the street from Seville Quarter, and uh, behind the TT Wentworth Museum. But it's not too far from from the base center. It's just I think like maybe a mile, mile and a half away. It, it's a, it's a very short drive. Uh, that'll be our Nerd Cave Retro panel, and then also Sunday, May twenty third, same time, same building. We'll be defending bad movies, three D. This time um, it's, it's personal. personal. <laughs> So uh, it'll be me, Jason, and Wally sitting in on both of those panels. Always love 
you know, interacting with those who come to our panels and those who uh, listen to them afterwards, because we do record both. Um, Nerdcave Retro Panel obviously will be a part of this show. Uh, Defending Bad Movies will be an episode of the Derek Diamond Experience in early June. And speaking of the Derek Diamond Experience, I haven't broken this on social media yet, but I'll break it here first, since I, especially since I won't be on the show next week. I had the chance to talk with an actor named Nestor Carbonell, who you might know as being from Lost. Uh, he was also the sheriff in Bates Motel and the mayor in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Fantastic. He, I talked with him and his wife, uh, Shannon Carbonell, who just wrote a book about how she left the acting business to take care of their kids and also how she dealt with his time being on the show Lost. He was Batman well, wasn't he? I believe so, yes. <laughs> who did, anyway, watched the tick? Who, who yeah. did he play Lost? I like that show. I'm trying to... I can't remember his character's name. Yeah, I right only off the top of my head. I only watched the the first season and a half of that, so I never got that far into yeah, it. He he didn't come on the show till I think after season three. He played Richard Alpert. Um. Oh. Okay. Okay. So that'll be on next week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. This week, um, I review Mortal Kombat and also discuss the best and worst video game movies ever made so that episode will be out tomorrow i just realized something patrick warburton's what? gonna be at pensacon he's gonna be at pensacon i could bring my tick dvd set and have it signed by patrick warburton and him uh what's his name again the guy that played lester carbonell lester carbonell he played batman well on on the tick so i could get both of their signatures on you that you should that'd be cool hmm That'll be very cool. And then, of course, next week on Nerd Cave Retro, we will have our our special surprise. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and don't forget, uh, those of you who are uh, planning on making it to Pensacon this year, um, we know everybody, it's been kind of a weird year and everybody didn't kind of get to do it. So we never really planned anything big because um, everybody was kind of, you know, not able to make it this year. But if you are going to make it, we still want to do a little meetup. Uh, if you'd like, we're going to go to McGuire's at 7 p.m. Uh, on Saturday, the uh, the 22nd. So if you'd like to meet us over at, at McGuire's, which is uh, just right across the street from the Bay Center, um, uh, not far, like it's just a short little walk. Uh, so if you want to meet us there at 7 p.m., we'll all get together, we'll get a big table, have some burgers, drink some, uh, some uh, Irish wakes, and have a good evening. Yeah, I wish I could make it. Yeah, I know. I wish you could, too. Next yeah, year, for... though. Next year. Yeah. I remember you said the burgers were, like, the best. Oh, man. So good. They're so well, good. Well, if, if you guys are still there at, say, like, 930, I'll be there. No, Rampage. I'm not telling you what the surprise episode <laughs> is. <laughs> you have to wait That's... like everybody else. Trust me, guys. It will be worth the wait. Uh, and as far as my stuff goes, I earlier tonight uh, be dropping this Friday uh, on the Open Micers podcast. I got to talk with a guy named Guy Gilchrist. And if you don't know that name, he's also going to be at Pensacon this year. He did um, the Muppets. Uh, he was the cartoonist for the Muppets uh, comic strip. Uh, Nancy, the comic strip. Uh, he's a musician. He's worked. Oh my God! All the stuff he's worked like his his list of credits is so ridiculously long. I we didn't even scratch the surface of everything I wanted to talk to him about. So if if you like the Muppets and you like cartooning, that's mostly what we talked about in the interview. So it'll be out this Friday at Open Micers on Twitter and Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. So I think that's gonna do it for this week. What do you say, fellas? Yep. Oh, real quick, if you want to follow the Derek Diamond experience, it's yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at D Diamond Podcast. Yes, you want to do that, because Derek's got good stuff every single week. Yes. Thanks again for having me. Oh, thank this you is, for uh, coming on. It's it our pleasure. My week, month, year, I mean, everything. Oh, fun. yeah. And we will see you in the Discord, my good friend. Yes. I so, do will. 
If you would like to, let me turn the music up here. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. Of course, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. There's a sale right now on our merch store. If you're listening live, go to ncrmerch.com. Uh, big sale on everything over there. Um, go get you a t-shirt, bag, mask, whatever you need. It's all right there. Um, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And um, if you can't do that, can't throw us a couple bucks a month, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Master Blaster runs by the town.